Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. You know, years ago, I got saved in 1981. So this year I've been saved 40 years. And uh, so four decades now, and I just give the Lord praise for that because a lot of my friends said to me, it was a passing phase and uh, it's been a long passing phase, right? So anyway, but uh, when I got saved, it was at the end of the charismatic renewal for all of those who are up with me now, I'm 59, so everybody up in my age bracket, the charismatic renewal was happening in Australia and there's this big revival happening and I got saved as an 18, 19 year old into that, uh, at the end of that, and so there are a lot of people a decade uh, older than me. So I would have been 19, the 29-year-olds, 39-year-olds. We're all, all in thousands of people around the country. It, it would have happened here in South Australia. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me see if there's some of you, right? And uh, thank you that you're still here. Thank you that you're still here. But I just wanna say though, as I've gone around Australia and I you know, get to preach and get to travel and get to do some things, I noticed that all the tens of thousands of people who were there in those days, where are they? Where are they? You guys are here. Clap all the ones who are here today serving the Lord. Well done to all you guys and over here. Well done. But I was like, where is everybody else? What happened? Where have you gone to? What? 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 God poured out His Spirit. It was supernatural. And then tens of thousands of believers disappeared. The church right now should be filled with 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds. And they should be everywhere. Uh, because of what happened back then. But slowly over time, everybody kind of disappeared except, I would say, the remnant. (laughs) I'd say it's a remnant compared to who was there and to what happened and the stories I'd heard. I'm like, where are these people? Where the heck do they all go? And I realise a lot of people never realise that when God pours His Spirit out and does something supernatural, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me too. To what? God doesn't just give us the anointing to just say, oh, I'm in the anointing. No, when God puts the anointing on your life and He put His anointing on Sue and I from our broken backgrounds, it's because He had something, He saved us, absolutely, number one. And then He said, I've got something for you to do now. And so my anointing is on you to do it. And so I didn't, I didn't have a clue. I remember getting saved and thinking, oh my gosh, this pastor would say to Sue and I, God's gonna use you. I'm like, well, what are we, you know, <laughs> what does that mean? No idea, no clue. And, uh, and so we uh, just started going to youth and I, totally dysfunctional, start, said to the youth leader, do you need me to do a job? And they said, we need the green bin taken out at youth. I'll be the green bin person. So my ministry was take the green bin out at youth. And uh, I started doing that. The next minute they had me helping at youth and had Sue helping and I'm like, oh, they got us helping these people. This is nice. And, uh, and so I thought, you know, we'll just do that for a little while. And, uh, and then ended up uh, having three pastors telling me to go to Bible college. And I'm like, go to Bible college. And that ended up being Hillsong Bible College and it was year one. So I'd gone into a management degree at one of Sydney's hospitals and was doing stuff there. And then now they're telling me, hey, you got to call on God in your life. You should go to Bible college. So I'm like, is, is this a college? Which college is this? And they're like, oh, it starts next year. <laughs> I went, so you want me to leave my job, leave my career to go to a college that doesn't exist? And they go, yes. That's been the story of my life ever since. (laughs) Do the things that don't exist. Did you know that God has things in store for you? You haven't even seen them yet. They already exist in Him. 
They exist in God, but you're gonna need to make a few changes if you're gonna walk into what God has. They exist in God. A whole lot of things existed in God for Sue and I, but I was gonna need to make some changes. So anyway, so I got three pastors, go to Bible college, send the end, I said to Sue, let's go. That year we, uh, we had a big mortgage, interest rates in Sydney were 18%, who remembers all those days? And, uh, and so we went down to a dollar a day. <laughs> And we were like, what the heck? And I'm like, Lord, do you not love us? Lord, do you not care? Where are you? And the end of that year, house prices in Sydney doubled. So our house completely doubled in price. They said, Lord, whatever house you want me to buy, I will serve you always and buy that house. (laughs) So the Lord had a plan. But I'm in Bible college. And when I'm in Bible college, a lecturer comes along to me and he says to me one day, the worst thing you can ever say to dysfunctional, insecure, lost and proud, wacky young man. He says to me, Jared, what is your vision? What's your vision? In Bible college, and I'm like thinking to myself, well, I haven't got one. Flipping heck. Am I meant to have a vision in the Bible college? Is that what you do? You come to Bible college, you get a vision. So he's like, so understand your vision. I'm like, right. <laughs> so if you guys want to bring on, oh, there it's there. You guys are good. Have I got a pen there too? Behind the board, okay. All right, wow. I've never seen a black blackboard. Anyway, <laughs> you guys have all the fandangle stuff in Adelaide. Anyway, so anyway, so he says to me, get your vision right. And, and so I, for the next two years, work on my vision. So my vision, jeepers, it's big. My vision is growing, it's increasing, it's huge, and it's so big, right? So I start getting it worked out, and it's international and all this stuff, right? So it's huge. So anyway, so, um, so I'm thinking, this is going to be amazing, what God is going to do with Sue and I. So next minute, I finish college, and Brian Houston calls me in his office, and he says to me, we want to offer you and Sue an internship to be pastors, And I'm like, well, my vision's big, but I don't really think you want Sue and I on your staff because we're like crazy people. (laughs) And I'm like, I know I'm crazy at the time, right? And I'm like, he's like, no, we want you to be in 10 passes. And I'm thinking, okay, we must be better than I know. (laughs) So Brian offers me an internship. So we're on the staff of Hillsong Church. So then I'm like, which is Hills Christian Life Center then. I'm like, you know what, Brian and Bobby are gonna get really, really blessed because my vision is now, it's big. This vision is so huge. And so I'm like, they are gonna be blessed. Gee, they are blessed pastors. Imagine, they've got me and two now. So now everybody's creating a monster. The Bible College created a monster. Brian created a monster offering me a job, which he should have just looked into my past and gone and call you in a couple of years. And now I'm on staff and I'm thinking, you know, Brian and Bobby, you need to get my ministry going. You, you, you people don't even know who's sitting on your internship over here. Sue and I, right? We're, you know, we're over here and uh, you need to notice us. And uh, I look forward to you raising us up. (laughs) Looking forward to that because, you know, it's big. It's big, people. So one day I'm I'm, uh, like just in my office, let's be truthful, getting more full of myself. By the way, by the way, here's the really funny bit. The church was collecting tithes and offerings to pay me an intern fee. 
for what they were getting. <laughs> imagine, imagine the church is paying an intern to be full of that stuff. Congratulations, churches. Think about your interns a little bit deeper. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm on staff. And then one day, Brian Houston comes to my office. Now, here's what happened. Brian, I was involved with New Christians, and Brian came in and starts, he starts having a strong go at me. Now, Brian is an incredible leader, as you know, has touched the world. He's, but he's incredibly strong. And back then, let's go back 25, 30 years ago. Uh, you know, you get a puppy now, but back then, I got the Rottweiler. And anyway, he was, he, Brian would be strong and then he'd be so relational. So he'd be strong with you and then relational, which is like just fresh for me because my family would be strong, nil relationships. That was new for me. So he said, Brian comes in and he has this thing at me about, um, uh, you know, something with new Christians. And basically, when he's saying it, I'm thinking, well, that's completely wrong. So he says to me, I don't want you to ever do that again. I don't want that to happen. He was very strong about it. So he went out of my office and I said to the Lord, Lord, I seriously don't even think he's a Christian. <laughs> Is he saved? To speak to somebody who's got such a big calling and such a big vision and such a big anointing to speak to me like that. And, uh, and I remember sitting in my office going, you know, you need to do something there, Lord, like have a little sort out with him. And, uh, and then suddenly, as I sat in my office, I was just sitting there quietly. And funny enough, Brian went past about half an hour later. Hey, do you want to go for coffee? To me, I thought, not with you, I don't. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I'm in my office and I looked up and I said to the Lord, Lord, that was just not good. And then I said to the Lord, hang on a minute. You just didn't do that to me, Lord, did you? Lord, did you do that to me? You didn't get, let Brian get the wrong end of the stick, did you? And then, and I heard a voice from heaven, from the archangels, but it was the Lord's voice coming through the cherubim. And the Lord said to me, mm-hmm, I did. I went, uh? And I heard the Lord say, I gave him the wrong end of the stick. And then as I sat in my office 15 minutes later, here's what the Lord said to me. So what are you gonna do with it now? Oh, charismatic one of the universe. <laughs> When what? The Lord said to me, Jared, until you serve the man of God that I put in front of you and honour him and see me in him, I can't take you any further. And that afternoon, the Lord said to me, we stop here. He's basically saying, you stop here until you begin to honour that person. Even when they get the wrong end of the stick, because I've anointed him. Do you want the coffee? I'm ready. <laughs> so I go along, right? Now you ready? The Lord's about to, he's nailing me. Let me nail some of you this morning. Because I have friends like you all over the world. Wherever I go all over the world, I meet Christians who have no idea what they're doing. Wherever I go, no idea. No idea what to do. No idea how to approach the church. No idea how to approach the leader. No idea to have their heart. No idea what to do to get their children into God's destiny. Listen, everybody, my role is to not get my children to church. That's 101. My role is to help get my grandchildren and children into their destiny. But the majority of them cannot get into their destiny 
If their parents and grandparents, aunties and uncles, don't example something sterling before them. Your youth and young children and your grandchildren, they will defer to you over the leaders of the church. I always do better with all the broken children, because I was one, but all the people who don't have parents who get saved in our church, because they look to the leadership, they defer to them, and many of them end up in their destiny because Christians' children and grandchildren defer to their parents and grandparents, who many times are not doing what I'm about to talk about. And then they don't enter into their destiny, and everybody's confused, and we're all saying, Lord, where are you? And then we go, devil, I bind you. And here's what the Lord said to me, bind yourself. Pray over your own life and pray with Sue that you two will change so that not only you two go to your destiny, the boys do and the grandchildren. So 1 Chronicles 12, this is one of my life messages where God from this passage just illuminated it to me on what he was looking for me to do, but more importantly, the heart that I was meant to have. Here we go. 1 Chronicles 12, verse eight. It's the picture of David in the stronghold, and God starts drawing influential people to him, warriors, influencers to David. And who does David represent in the Scripture? Spiritual authority. David represents spiritual authority, everybody. If you didn't know that, David represents spiritual authority. Everybody who's had abusive authority in your life, don't raise your hands, I know you're here. That's my whole childhood. Terrible abusive authority. But you cannot be used by God until you realise there is wrong authority and then there is right authority. And God has right authority in His house and I was gonna have to go through a revolution to understand that Brian and Bobby were the David, the anointed authority that God had put me near in the hope that I would get a clue at some point, change my heart, change my thinking so that as I read from this, I pray you get it, move into the destiny that Sue and I have now been a part of for the last 40 years. So let me read it. So some Gadites joined David. Who's David? The spiritual authority at the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valour. They were influencers. Influencers. Influencers from South Australia. Men and women trained for battle who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions. They were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. These were the sons of Gad, captains of the army. The least was over a hundred. The greatest was over a thousand. These are dudes and dudesses in the kingdom. These are serious spiritual people. Hello, these are mighty men and women. These are influencers coming to influencers church. They're coming in. And, uh, you know, hello, prophets, teachers, apostles, evangelists, pastors, all the ministry gifts, all potential leaders in the worship team, they're all coming in. And the Bible says, then some of the sons of Benjamin and Judah came to David, spiritual authority at the stronghold, and David went out to meet them and answered and said this. Listen, everybody, when all the gifted people turn up, here's what happens. The anointed authority meets you. You're actually actually meant to come with your gifts. David comes out and he says this, if you come peacefully to me to help me, my heart will be united with you. But if to betray me to my enemies, since there's no wrong in my hands, may the God of our fathers look on it and bring judgment. David goes, hang on, let me say it again. David David doesn't go, 
Hey, oh my gosh, you're a Bible teacher. Unbelievable. We are so wanting you here. Let's get coffee. Let's get dinner. Let's get coffee. Let's get dinner. <laughs> you're a prophet. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, you do children. I've heard about you. Unbelievable. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't talk about their history. He doesn't talk about their gifts and talents. We do. He doesn't mention it. He goes, listen, if you come peacefully to help me, our hearts be united. He's saying, let's get into unity because when we get into unity, Psalm 133, the Lord commands the blessing. You can ask for a blessing in this church. You can ask for a blessing as a Christian, but you can't command one. God commands a blessing where there's unity. So David says, come on, if you have come to one, two words, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Then my heart be united with you. But if to betray me to my enemies, since there's no wrong in my hands, may the God of our fathers look on it and bring judgment. David says, basically, you ready for this, everybody? This happens in churches all over the world. He says, if you haven't come bottom line in your heart to help me, at some point you'll be betraying influences church. If you haven't come bottom line in your heart and thinking and mind and acknowledge Pastor Ashley and Jane, Pastor Josh and Shana and the team here, this is the spiritual David, the spiritual authority. If you're not here saying, I'm here to help you, David just nailed it that in time you will betray the church. You'll betray the worship team, you'll betray the kids team, you'll betray the youth team, you'll get out and walk up the door on a, 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 just some day, I'm out of here, they don't love me, they don't recognise my gifts, it's been good, I'm off to another church somewhere else. It won't be in Perth because you can't get in. <laughs> Everybody, we turn up to churches, oh, I'm a prophet, oh, I'm a teacher, I remember starting when we started church in Perth 23 years ago because I had a Hillsong connection. Every person who wanted to be connected to Hillsong rocked up. And they were telling me, I've got a teaching gift. I'm a preacher, I'm a prophet. I said, look, right now, I really need someone to make a cup of tea. We started church four weeks ago. Could you make a tea? No, no, I don't do tea. Uh, could you help in the children's ministry? No, I don't do children's ministry. It was like a scene for Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, Mrs. Doubtfire, she's bringing up to get a babysitter. And uh, she's like, hey, I really need a babysitter. We need somebody to come over and do this. And the woman's like, I don't do children. I don't do cleaning. I don't do cooking. She, and Mrs. Doubtfire, the, the mother goes in the movie, Doubtfire. She goes, uh, thanks, everyone. We'll get back to you. That's like most Christians. And we wonder why our destiny is not there. I don't do ushering. I don't do the car park. I don't do youth. I don't do the green bin. No, I don't do creche. I dumped my kids off. Couldn't be doing creche. Where are the team to look after my children? I didn't do pack up. I pray for revival, but don't ever ask me to set up the chairs when everybody comes for the revival. I'm an intercessor. Can you imagine me saying to my wife, Sue, I'm sorry, love. In our house, I pray that somebody cleans up. I pray God anoints you. That's my calling, love. I have a big calling. I feel prophetically, oh, yes, 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 yes. Sue, I see you loading the dishwasher. Yes. She's moving. She's moving. When I get home, my stuff's on the lawn. Not that we have any lawn anyway. But a lot of us are like that in the church. I'm prophesying for you. I'm praying for you. We need the chairs put out. We need somebody to clean it up. The Christmas production's coming. We need you not going, oh, that's lovely again for the 30th year. Could you put a tree up? 
worth my 14 days quarantine. Get this off my chest. <laughs> I'm here to help. I'm here to help. <laughs> and then look at this, okay? So he never, he never talks about the gifts of talents at all. He's talking about their character. Talking about the character. We can't do anything unless you're here to help. Some of you have been in church 30 years, you're still not here to help. 40 years, still not here to help. And you're wondering where the Lord is. He's like, I'm with the helpers. The Spirit comes on Amasai, chief of the captains, and he says to David, David, we're yours. We're on your side. Look at this. Peace, peace to you, peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. He says, I'm acknowledging God is with you. God's got his hand on you. Listen, when we see the word peace there, that is the Hebrew word peace, which means, listen what he's saying. Everybody who's, he's saying this, everybody who helps the spiritual leadership in a church Contentment, completeness, wholeness, well-being, prosperity level that you don't know and understand and harmony will be yours. So when he says that peace, shalom, shalom, it's more than just simply peace or cessation of war. Let me say it again. It's great contentment, completeness, wholeness, well-being, prosperity, harmony, but prosperity at a level that you don't know. God's blessing is mighty to those who say to the leadership team, I'm here to help you. So, <laughs> so then, here's the next one. I hope you guys got this verse. So, so David received them. Have you got that? Is that there? So, have you got that one? And so David received A great army came to David. I think it's 20 actually. It might be back if you've got 20, if you've got it. So the Bible says a great army. The church became this great army of God. Why? Because everybody was coming to help. They were all coming to help. So the church is growing. It's increasing. Why do churches have betrayal? Why do churches have split? Why do leaders, I just, I'm helping a church in Western Australia do a, uh, you know, the new pastor coming in and I'm watching elders and pastors all flip out over different things and I'm like, oh my gosh, again, still 20 years of elder. Yeah, 20 years of pastor and you're still not helping and they're flipping out. And the Bible says too that, look at this, the last verse here. So David received them. If you're getting a tattoo, this is a good one on your arm somewhere. So David received them and made them captains. So David received them. So David, here's what we do. We go to churches. What do you think, Ethel? This church isn't bad. Like him. Yeah, he's good. Like her. Teaching's about a seven. Children's ministry. Yeah, six. What do you think? Six, we score it. Are you ready for this, everybody? What Christians do... I've done it. We've all done it. I did it only for a few years. We received the church. I think we'll receive this church. I'll receive influences. What do you think? We receive you all. And the Bible says, no, no. The anointed leader received them. It's not about you receiving anybody. It's about the fact that graciously God and the leadership of this church have received you. Good morning, everybody in the nine o'clock service. <laughs> I've come all this way to help you. 
He became a mighty army. And so here's, here's where I'm at, right? Intern pastor, being paid money out of people's tithes and offerings. This is my heart, you ready? It's my gifts, my talents. I need to hurry, 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 hurry. My uh, vision slash fantasy. <laughs> oh, here's the big one, all my prophecies. Woo! I would say by four big ones. So, this is me on staff. I'm full of my gifts, my talents, my visions. That's a bit of fantasy there. And then my prophecies, Kinder Green and saying to Sue and I, through the corridors of time, I see you too. Wow, I was full of me. I'm an intern pastor. And all of this, how I'd taken it all on, was it was all about me. And now I'm going, hang on a minute, Brian and Bobby are meant to help me. Oh, what? I'm here to help them? Are you kidding me? What the heck? This is never ending, this stuff. <laughs> I'm here to help Brian and Bobby. So I have a revelation, which I hope you have today that I'm meant to go to one place in my heart. One place in my heart. I'm here to help. So everybody, I got a whole lot of friends here this morning. This is, you're still here, wise influencers. not recognising my gifts and why don't they see my talents and why don't they see my, my vision and my fantasies and my... Prophecy, by the way, my vision. Brian asked me one day, he said, Jared, apparently you've got a vision you made up in Bible college. I went, oh wow, yes. I was like, this is my big moment. <laughs> it's come, it has come. <laughs> Brian Houston is asking me, my vision, right. <laughs> I gave it to him and this is what he said to me. Why would you do that? Your gifts are A, B, C. He turned and just walked off. <laughs> I was like, what the heck's wrong with you? That was two years of sweat, stress, sleeplessness to come up with this stuff and kinder's prophecies. <laughs> and God used Brian to stab that ridiculous vision, which was really pride and me. And I'm getting paid to be an intern pastor. And this is my heart. So then God says to me, I want you to come here. Cross over to here in your heart. Uh, now I'm gonna tell you how different going from there to just being on staff, being a leader at a church, just being there to help is. I'm gonna tell you how different it is, all right? I'm gonna use words that I hope help you get the difference. Do you know the word abyss? <laughs> Anybody speaking English here today? The word abyss. Do you know the word chasm? You ever seen a chasm that kind of go on forever? My journey from here to here was like crossing a chasm and an abyss. It was not like, oh, hallelujah, yes. Hallelujah, I shall help. I could have performed it. 
God didn't want my performance. God wanted my heart to change. So I had to go, I would say it was four years of really going, Lord, help me to be here and just to do what verse 38 says, keep rank. It's not the size of your ministry. It's the significance of your ministry. Come with a loyal heart. Hang on, develop a loyal heart. Do you hear pastors say, stay humble? I always find that fascinating. When were we ever? When were we ever? I go to bed maybe slightly humble and I always wake up fully proud. I don't know about you. (laughs) Every day. I'm like, Lord, I'm awake again. Wow, full pride. Full pride. You got your work cut out. Help me, Lord. And people ask to say, stay humble. I'm like, we ain't talking to me. (laughs) That was never the case. (laughs) Have a loyal heart, one mind. What does that mean? Get Brian's mind. I say to Brian when I got a clue, hey, Brian, can you say that again to me? Because I really don't want to put it through the Jared Keyan filter and just do it the Jared Keyan way, which is what I would do automatically. Could you tell me that again? He'd go, yeah, sure. And then, uh, can you do it one more time, Brian? He'd go, Jared, that's three times. I'm like, look, I just need you to tell me what you want. I need to be doing and helping you and Bobby what you want. Actually, Brian, do it one more for the road, you know, like, <laughs> let's do it four. I think he thought I was having a, some kind of difficulty happening. I said, thanks. I was trying to not filter the anointed leader who God was putting me there alongside and apply what they wanted by helping them. Because normally I would go, I know better and change it. Anyway, yeah. So, So one day I said to Brian and Bobby, you ready for this? To Brian actually. I said, the revelation came after the four years across the chasm. Brian, thanks for receiving Sue and I. He went, what? I said, thanks for receiving us. He didn't even know what I was talking about. I said, look, Sue and I are now backgrounds and who we are. You received us into your church. You received us under your staff. We're not here to receive you. Thanks for receiving us. And Brian was like, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks for saying it. I was like, thanks. I went away and going, I've been received by David. Do you know, from there, Sue and I went on, planted London Hillsong, as you heard. God entrusted us with so much. We went on to uh, plant churches, be involved with Lifehouse Church in Japan now, which is making history for the church. Uh, 17 campuses in Japan, been involved there. Kiev Hillsong, I've been to Eastern Europe 19 times, and Moscow Hillsong. And then we planted church in Zambia, in Germany. And then one day, Brian Houston rings me, this is my final thing, rings me out of the blue. Oh, by the way, I had to model helping some of my boys want to help. I've got three sons who are very strong. And one day my youngest son said to me, Dad, I am doing one service at this church and you get an usher to take me home. I'm not doing three. Parents, remember this. I said, Geordie, he was 13. We're called as a family. We are called as a family. Parents, we are called as a family. He's not a naughty kid. We're called as a family. So I said, mate, you're going to be going to the three. You can serve in one. You can be in the kids. You can be, but you're going to be serving a church. Anyway, he said to me, Dad, I'm not. Don't you speak English. What's wrong with you? So I knew I had to get the big guns. So I called his mother. <laughs> and Sue's a lovely English lady until she knows the devil's trying to attack our kids. 
And both of us said to Joy to Judy on Sunday morning, you'll be getting ready at eight o'clock, otherwise you'll be grounded for two months, day and night, and you're getting to church and you're gonna be there and you're gonna come with us. So at eight o'clock on that Sunday, in silence, he came out of his room like this, <laughs> came to church, and I said, mate, you can help. He's been helping ever since, became the kids' state leader. If I had given in to that, he doesn't wanna go, he's a bit tired, blah, 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 he's got the soccer on, he would not be in his destiny, nor his wife, nor their children. You have to get up and say, we're called, we're going. Do not let the devil take your kids. The day came uh, where I was like, now I'm in Perth. I'm from Sydney originally, less Sydney, I was about 30. I'm in Perth, planning the church, doing all that stuff. And then Brian Houston messages me and he goes to me, I need you, Jared, to nominate for the national executive. And so I wanted to text back in my flesh, heck no. <laughs> because if you're the national executive, it's responsibility. I've got to go from Perth to Sydney. I'm now in Perth, I'm not in Sydney. I'm like, this is gonna be responsibility. I've got church planning, I've got our church going. And I'm like, no. And then I'm like saying to myself, you're not my pastor now. Because I'm a senior pastor of a church. So I've arrived. And then I'm, Brian's like, no, I need you to. I want you to nominate. You should be, this is your time to do it. And then I just, Text him quick, I was so like, no. And then I just went and said the very, ooh, that scripture. And I texted him and said, will it help? And he goes, yes. I went, no, I said it, will it help? Ah! Ah! But you wouldn't have seen that because it was all internal, because I'm a pastor. I was like, heck no, I just wrote, will it help? And he went, yes. And I went, I'm snooking by my own scripture. So I said, okay. And then I ended up on the National Executive for six years with Ashley, which is the best bit. Mucking around with him. Everybody listen. I was 50, whatever. You don't graduate from helping. Yes. <laughs> Who gave you a certificate of you've now graduated? Uh, look, I'm 60 and I just feel. Who gave you that certificate? Who gave it to you? My mother ran New Christians at her church, her little broken lady. She ended up running New Christians into her 70s in her church. Why don't you refire, not retire? Why don't you refire, not retire? I'm gonna be 60 at the end of next year, but I'm just getting started. When did you get a certificate from the Bible or from the Lord? It's time for you to retire from helping. No, no, you don't graduate from helping. I'm still helping. The reason I came in the middle of it was like, I'd like to be a help in influencers. That's why I came. Left my church, I really like to help these guys and be a blessing there hopefully in Jesus' name. I wanna help. You don't graduate everybody. But some of us never ever went to school. Some of us are graduating from something we never attended. We need to say, Lord, help me today to start to help. Now I've got my family helping. We're gonna help. Imagine if every Christian in here Everyone in church this morning said, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Your children would change. Your grandchildren would change. If you just said, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna start, a, I'm gonna take over a home group. I'm gonna love a home group. If you love 12 people for the next 12 years and did a beautiful job at that, that would be a fantastic, significant ministry. Fantastic, whatever it is. But if everybody does something, your grandchildren will look up and go, my grandmother did it. My granddaddy did it, they did it. I want the boys who you saw that when I'm older, they go, our granddad rocked. He went to South Australia to preach the gospel, came home and went to jail. 
that old boy's a rocker for God. <laughs> you want your grandchildren, everybody, wanting to serve the Lord because of the sterling example of helping you set in Jesus' Name. I pray that as I finish, that today, that anointing will come on you and also open your eyes if you've never journeyed and you'd start to join and cross the chasm today in Jesus' Name. On the other side, when you're here to help, is where all the miracles happen, the supernatural happens, favour happens, finances happens. You just see God, all that God's planned for you, listen, is unlocked on this side. This side is stress and striving. Influences Church, may you become the greatest helpers in Australia, in Jesus' Name. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.